trying to drink less alcohol, but need some extra motivation. Maybe you've tried moderation, but you keep waking up disappointed and hungover. Are you curious about sober life? Or maybe you're like us, have been alcohol free for a while and are in it for the long haul. Well, you're in the right place. I'm Meg. And I'm Bella. And our Not Drinking Today podcast is an invaluable resource to keep you motivated and on track today and beyond. We are This Naked Mind certified coaches who live in Sydney and love our alcohol-free life. And last but not least, if you enjoy the content of our podcast, please rate, review, subscribe and share it. It really is integral to getting the podcast out to those that might need it. So grab a cuppa and let's get started. Hello and welcome to She's Sober Sydney. And today I have a special guest, Alison Schwent, who is a friend of mine and a certified This Naked Mind alcohol coach. I'm so excited to be chatting to you today, Alison. Welcome to She's Sober Sydney. Thank you. Excited to talk to you, Megan. Yeah. And from across the oceans, you know, another another friend in America. It's so exciting that we can come together like this. I love that. I just wanted to start, Alison, by asking you how alcohol has shown up for you throughout your life. Well, my parents were both drinkers. Um, I was, uh, and I didn't ever think of it as being heavy drinkers, but it was definitely around our home. Um, our, I have four sisters and we were all competitive athletes and my sisters were all swimmers and I was a gymnast. And so there was a lot of, uh, focus on hard work. That was a huge value, um, in our family. And so I dabbled in alcohol, kind of like a typical high schooler. Um, and then I ended up going to, um, university on a full ride scholarship, um, to, for gymnastics and, So as I was transitioning into even more training, alcohol was, um, it was a reward. It was kind of a stress relief when we were working so hard, um, that it, it felt like we could all sort of celebrate together. And, um, but we didn't do a lot of drinking because we were training really hard and Mm -hmm. that felt good, but it definitely, um, felt like it was adding something positive to my life. Um, um, there was a little bit of conflict for me in terms of my faith, because I knew that drinking too much wasn't good for me. So I always had a little bit of this, um, uh, cognitive dissonance, this kind of argument in my head where I wanted it. And I didn't want as much as sometimes I drank. And as I moved into my twenties, Um, I really found a lot of um, freedom, not having to train like I used to after I graduated college. And so um, my drinking went up. Um, I married my um, um, now recently ex-husband and I married, we married when I was just shy of 30 and we definitely um, drank a lot. Um, and it didn't seem to be too much of a problem early on. Um, but I would say it was always hanging out kind of as the third wheel in our relationship. Um, I, we had three girls together who are now 20, 18 and 16. So as you, um, know, Megan, um, raising kids, uh, is, is no easy task. And while they are lovely human beings, um, it was very stressful, 
um, juggling that and working. I work for my mom who um, started a business 50 years ago. So I work for her and we used to be happy hour buddies and she would babysit for me. And so, and she, she's also my neighbor. So there was a lot of um, overlap in my life with um, my mom and the business and the kids and, you know, juggling all the things when your kids, especially are younger and it was, and you know, there, there was, there were a lot of rewards, but there was a lot of stress and, um, it kind of shifted from being um, more of a cel- using it for celebration to using it for um, a stress relief. And um, I would say my marriage was um, difficult. Um, and by that, um, you know, when I first met my husband, I met him in high school and he kind of countered this um, the strict rules, these, um, I mean, my, my faith was at that point, I felt for myself pretty, um, pretty rigid. Um, I would say I was more, a little more legalistic than giving myself permission to make mistakes. Gymnastics is all about, you know, getting that 10.0 and being perfect. And so there was a lot of pressure and he kind of allowed me to, just be okay with, you know, we don't have to be perfect. We don't have to, um, you know, we, we can, you know, kind of let our hair down and, and, and relax and that's okay. So it it felt like it was a balance initially, um, that he kind of gave me that permission to do that. Um, but what ended up, how it ended up playing out is, um, our difficult relationship because eventually I, I felt like, um, I was still working hard, but my husband was like using um, that sort of grace and forgiveness as an as an excuse not to maybe um, step up and and work um, and and maybe do as much as I would have hoped. So there was tension there, um, and that escalated over the years, um, and a lot of that had to do with um, alcohol. Um, and he is a big weed smoker. So just the combination of all of that was, um, it started to become more in the forefront of our relationship, um, nights ending in arguments, waking up, wondering what we argued about. I knew I was mad at him, but I couldn't tell you why. And so there were times like that and it was really frustrating. And I felt like I feel like in every other aspect of my life, I'm doing pretty well. Why is this such an issue? And um, it all sort of culminated in the last few years. Um, I ruptured a disc in my neck. And for me, doing physical activity was such a stress relief. It was one of the great ways that I managed my stress. Um, I was in weekly Bible study. So I had tools. I had things that were really helpful for me to release stress, but alcohol was becoming more of my number one go-to and, um, and for sure, um, um, was for my husband as well. So finally, after I ruptured my disc, um, I was taking pain medicine just to, um, take off the edge of this excruciating pain, but I was also still drinking and it felt like my world was really getting dark and was shrinking and I didn't know what to do. Um, I, 
at one point dragged myself to an Al-Anon class. And, and while the women were really lovely, they were very, very welcoming. Um, it just felt like there's something broken, there's something wrong. And, um, I just, I, and so I never went back, um, along that time. And so this was, um, I ruptured my disc at the end of 2019. So we're coming up on the pandemic and right before everything shut down, I had surgery on my neck on, um, I think it was March, um, 4th. And, um, my youngest daughter and I quickly got out of town because I already felt like I was in quarantine with my neck. And so we flew to Florida and I literally Megan packed five bottles of wine with, I think she was 13 years old then. And I had probably a bottle a day. I mean, throughout the day, I mean, that I guess it was about five drinks, but, um, you know, and it was like, what am I doing? I'm with my 13 year old daughter and here I feel the need to, um, to drink all this wine. So when I got back home, I thought I have got to do something. And, um, a friend of a friend had, um, introduced her to Annie Grace in this naked mind book and, um, told me about the free alcohol experiment. And so she told me, you don't even have to stop drinking. Just if I think you'd get a lot out of it, if you just do the 30 days and take in the videos and do the lessons. And she told me they took about 20 minutes and I thought, you know what, I'm, this is worth a shot. So I did do the 30 days, um, but I was drinking maybe, I don't know, two or three days a week. Um, but I really had this like poor desire to find something that was going to get me um, to a place where I felt like I was in control of my drinking. That's all I wanted. I didn't want to stop. I just wanted to be able to pull back and be able to have one or two. And that was it. So that went on and, um, I did, I started learning all this new information that I had no idea about. Um, and then I signed up, uh, Annie Grace offered a program called the path and, um, and while it's evolved at that point, it was, you paid by the month and, um, by June 21st of 2020, it ended up being the last time I had a drink. I didn't make like a firm decision. I just kind of kept going. I had had nine days straight of not drinking. And, um, that was the longest I had done. And since I was probably pregnant since then, I have just learned a tremendous amount of information that has changed my thinking entirely about drinking. So I don't foresee myself going back. Um, I definitely see where I used it for stress and how that, um, just fed on itself. Um, one just led to another, which led to the end of the bottle. Um, and oftentimes more than that. Thank you so much, Alison. That was really open and vulnerable. So thank you for sharing all of that. Uh, I, I relate to so much of it. I, and I, I really think there are so many women at sort of middle age that will relate and, you know, you and I were both stuck in that. I, I really heard you when you said you'd wake up the next day after drinking with your husband and you'd know you'd fought, you'd know you were angry. For me, I ended up writing down at night when I was drunk things that he'd said to me or just so I knew the truth when I woke up. I mean, 
that's scary. I look back and think instead of choosing to stop, I chose to write things down while I was drunk. But it was, I'm sure we're not the only ones. I'm sure there are women out there now in that situation. And you and I are just an example that you can get past that. And that's what that's what this is all about, talking about how, you know, being open about our journey so we can help other people get to the same point. And like you said about wanting to moderate, such a common thing. I think as a coach, you would have probably seen with your clients, uh, as I have, that everyone wants to try moderation because no one wants to say forever. Um, But like you said, I probably won't drink again, but it's still today I won't, tomorrow I won't, and that's enough. We don't ever have to say forever. And I just wanted to go back to when you were a young gymnast. I mean, that's so much pressure, isn't it? Yeah, I was doing, um, I was a gymnast um, from the time I was 10 um, through the end of college. And so uh, I really had to kind of burn the candle at both ends to keep up a social life, um, a boyfriend and training. So there was a lot of, I felt like a lot of extreme, a lot of extreme training with then really trying to make up for the socialization. I felt like I was lacking. Um, I was a little afraid of like the hardcore partying, but I definitely was social. Um, and you know, we, my girlfriends and I, high school girlfriends that are still, uh, dear to me, um, we're still extremely close. We joke about the Bartles and James, you know, days of wine coolers. And, um, so I think now these, uh, the, the trulies and things like that are, are basically just Bartles and James in another <laughs> container <laughs> relabeled, mm-hmm. but he, um, no. So I think, um, I think it was just time management of trying to do the training and still feel like I was a normal, uh, you know, teenager, mm. young adult trying to, um, have my foot in both worlds. Um, and so as hard as I was training, I was also trying to make up for that. Um, and, and that included, um, um, drinking and just, you know, kind of your normal partying, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so you said that it's, he was the first, well, he gave you a chance to not have to be perfect. And, I kind of um, resonated with that, not in that way exactly, but with my husband who also is now recently my ex, but I felt that almost and nothing to do with him, I did this, but uh, I became addicted to an addictive substance, go figure. But um, Mm -hmm. I felt that I was allowed because he certainly didn't tell me not to, you know what I mean? So it was... I felt more comfortable being able to let loose and just drink more. And um, I guess I hadn't felt that until I got married because I'd been on my own. I had to be a mum because uh, I had a daughter already, you know, hold it all together. And then I, I almost felt a bit of permission that it's okay now. He thinks it's okay. I'm okay. You know, Absolutely. Absolutely. I think who, how we, where we spend our time, who we spend our time with does make a difference. It does mm. um, influence us and we were, you know, just kind of holding hands through it. Like, you know, if one started, the other started. Um, and, um, it just kind of gave each other permission to, 
um, to mm. kind of continue down that path. And because it just does kind of creep up, um, you know, you can go a really, really long time before um, all of a sudden it, it seems all of a sudden you're going, what just happened? Like I used to be able to just have a glass or two mm. and that was it. Like what happened? So, um, yeah, we definitely, um, I think because we were both heavy drinkers, it kind of did give us that permission to say, you know, life is stressful, you know, we're doing, you know, and, and there were definitely times that we had fun while we were drinking together, or at least that seemed like it was Mm. fun at the time. And, um, I can't say what it would have been like if we were both non-drinkers. I mean, maybe maybe we would have been able to um, have a relationship that was healthier and um, just embracing different things, um, finding different ways for stress relief. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, so often these cultural messages are ingrained in us and uh we don't even, we don't even think about it. We, we just, it's, it's, it's a reward. It's a, it's something we use to celebrate it. That's just a common belief. Yeah, exactly. I was just thinking it's, it's not, it's not like it's just in your home, it's society. Um, and I think for me and my husband at the time, it, for both of us, it was a way to relax. You know, we didn't know better ways. And like you just said, it would have been a different journey if we had both been non-drinkers, but it is what it is. And it's understandable. I think a lot of people reach for alcohol for that relaxation because it is ingrained in us. You know, it's the quickest way to get that relaxed feeling, even if it only lasts for half an hour. You don't think of that at the time, you know, not for not for heavy drinkers like me. I just yeah. kept going and going. And then next thing, like you said, it, it feels like all of a sudden because I certainly wasn't a day a daily drinker for my whole life that happened at the end but yeah. you can see it growing but then when you try and put yourself back into it it was sudden it was yeah. like, how did how did I get here yeah but the 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 great news is and the blessing um when you go through hard things and when um for me as much as I drank I now can appreciate being a non-drinker so much more. Yeah. And I feel like I have been able to step into situations that I never would have had the opportunity to do if it was, I mean, it would have been great, I guess, if I could take it or leave it the whole time. But now I really appreciate, um, and how my world has just opened up because it got so small and so um, hopeless. And I just couldn't seem to stop and interrupt the cycle. So I can now appreciate that so much more. And it feels like I get to, sh- I get to have an opportunity to share that with other people who feel that in their, and, think that in their head, but they have nowhere to go with it. Um, which feels like a privilege to be able to do this now. And it's really, you know, you can appreciate it so much more. Uh, I, 
exactly my feelings. I I sometimes find it hard to articulate how I'm not regretful of my drinking career because without it, I wouldn't I just wouldn't be in this position, like you said, helping others and feeling privileged to do so. Um, so I'm grateful. I don't think I would have wanted it any other way. And that might sound very odd to people who don't who haven't been in this position, but I I think it's like you can't appreciate the sun if you haven't had the rain, you know, yeah. or vice versa. So we needed that to be able to say, hey, I want the next part to be amazing. And because we did yeah. get into that dark space, we can do that now. So I'm definitely grateful and feel very privileged too. So I totally understand what you're saying. Yeah. And I think um, we often don't know that we've got chains around us. I mean, it wasn't until the end that I thought I am really tied to this. I really feel handcuffed. And to get the key to unlock your own handcuffs, it's like, wait, I I can do this. And I don't know what this is going to look like because I was so used to them on me. And I knew what that looked like. I knew what I could count on. And I didn't know what this new world was going to be. And I didn't know if I wanted to give it up. And I still say, I just, I don't think about it that way. I don't think, um, you know, I'll never drink again. Cause that also sounds like I'm almost mm. handcuffed in a way. So I just yes. feel free. I can't imagine why I would trade that again for the chance that I would go back to that daily internal struggle of trying to decide whether I was going to stop, start, you know, it, it, it's just that mental, mental gymnastics that, um, you know, we have in our head. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've, we've got so many things to live for, like that substance should not have that kind of control in our world. And I know a lot of us just feel stuck. Yeah. And you've just said exactly what I read last night. I've I've actually got a guest coming on next week. Called, uh, her name's Nikki Langman, and she's written a book called How mm-hmm. to Be a Badass. And she tells a story of the elephant. And when elephants are babies, they get a rope around their foot and they try and pull away from it and they can't. And so by the time they're grown and they do have the strength to break that rope, they don't because they've been conditioned to believe they can't. And she compares that to us as drinkers. Um, we've got these, like you just said, these chains around us, but we th- and we think they're holding us. But as you know, you and I and Nikki have um, proved to ourselves, we can break them. We just didn't realize until now. Well, and and even in that example, I mean, initially, it is true. I mean, it does have, I mean, and there is a sense of, um, it does kind of have a hold on us because it's doing its job because it is addictive. Yeah. Once we become aware of it and then we can interrupt that cycle by, um, just implementing some tools and giving ourselves some space to actually explore that as opposed to beating ourselves up every day or, you know, however, however often we are doing that, which we're usually pretty good at. Um, I I think 
you can get some space between you and the alcohol. And if that can just grow and then you can experience what it is like to not have it in your system and see how you feel. And, and then we have the, we have increased power to choose what we want to do with our life. Yeah. And I think that's the word choose. We've chosen to have time without alcohol. And for us, that's, you know, changed our life. And, um, that you know uh like you said it's 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 a choice we've made now i can't see that i will want to ever have another hangover to be totally honest um i even cringe when i think back to summer mine and oh my gosh it, yeah it oh, doesn't oh. take long before i can get right back mentally like mm, yeah. how i felt at that time in the morning or uh, yeah yeah and that's why that because i don't want people to think that for me, I do see things and go, that'd be nice. Like, you know, down in the sun for lunch, I see some people by the beach having a drink. Sure. I And I can go, that'd be nice because in the past there were some fun times. Definitely. I wouldn't have kept doing it if there wasn't. But I can then jump so quickly forward to in half an hour, I'll have a headache. Tomorrow morning, because there's no way I'll stop at one, I will feel terrible. I'll hate myself. The anxiety will be so bad. And I, and in that split second, I don't want it anymore. And mm. I think that's what I've got out of all our brilliant teachings and that is how to do that by changing our thoughts and our beliefs. Um, but Absolutely. playing it forward is a big thing for me because, it, it, like you said, you can get right back into that feeling and it's not pleasant. Well, and, and exactly what you're saying. I mean, we we can look at this, you know, pretty glass, a nice setting, um, socialization, all these things that are, are good and are relaxing. And so we think that it is automatically going to relax us and add to the fun that we're having. And we can inflate what that liquid can do for us. And it's amazing how many jobs we give it um, and how often it actually disappoints when we get curious and just kind of actually, like you said, play it out and think, okay, so I could go and sit there and have a glass of wine with my lunch with my friend at the beach. And that's going to be great. If I could cookie, you know, if I could cut that out and, mm. uh, you know, and, and make that an isolated situation and not continue on. I mean, I suppose there's less effects, but, um, you know, I have found that even in those situations, I have learned that if I have whatever other alcohol-free drink in there, I'm able to pay attention to my friend more. I'm able to look around and enjoy the beach. I am able to um, just be a better listener, be a better friend. Um, In the past, I literally in my mind, sometimes I would think, oh gosh, she's hardly through her glass. I better slow down. Wait, I, I want another one. I'm already ready. Like, I'm not paying attention to her. I'm paying attention to how quickly I'm drinking my wine. And so it's funny how we can kind of glorify 
a setting that involves alcohol that really it's all the other things along with it that that really actually make it more enjoyable than the alcohol itself yeah exactly like i totally was like that it it was oh can't they drink faster i'm going to look like an alcoholic if i have you know i'm so far ahead when can i start my next drink and you're right it just it you're not present uh the thinking about drinking even whilst drinking was took over uh, and for me down at the beach on a sunny day now, I actually prefer the taste of a nice mocktail, uh, the flavor. Like I I can be honest now, I used to say, oh, I love red wine. I, no, I mean, mm-hmm. I didn't really. I loved the effect for the first bit, but I didn't love the taste. So, it, you know, even that the drink choice is nicer now. And there's yeah. so many options, like we're lucky. There are yeah, so many better options, Yeah. I was just going to say that it does feel like it's opening up more and more, um, which is, which is fun. And it feels so powerful. Like we've just got this superpower and this secret that we get to now share with other people. And um, I'm starting to see um, opportunities that are coming along and I'm blown away by some of the people's um, some of friends and um, people from my, my past that have reached out and um, just been kind of inspired by, you know, a post or this or that. And that feels so good. I mean, to, to take what was such a big struggle to step out and share that and to have other people go, Oh my gosh, me too. Yeah. How did you do it? What, you know, what did you do? Yeah, amazing and rewarding, isn't it? I've I've had the same. And I even have people say, oh, I went out the other night and I got a mocktail because I thought of you and I thought, you know what, I'm going to try that. And um, just the fact cool. that they chose that over a wine or a beer or whatever, uh, it's just, it's, you know, brought in someone else's choices. And I went to my dad's recently and he had a 0% alcohol beer and I thought that is so cool, you know, yeah. um, and he's a, what you'd call a normie. He never drank too much, but he's totally excited to just, he doesn't care. He wasn't after the alcohol. He actually likes that taste. And I thought that's really cool what's out there. And I went to dinner. Yeah, it was so nice. And I went to dinner with my daughter recently. She's 25 and my son who's 14. And she said, I really want that cocktail. It's got pineapple and blah, 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 lots of things. And I said, you don't really like alcohol. She goes, no. I said, then do the mocktail and then you can have the same drink and really enjoy the flavors, you know? And I love that she's not a drinker, but it kind of didn't occur to her. Oh yeah. You know? And sometimes I think it does sneak in there, which is a pity because the whole thing about cocktails is all the other flavors in it. Yeah. Well, and it's so, and it's so expected, especially, you know, when you're, well, I, I guess, especially when you're younger, when you're finally of age and, you know, but I think it's almost expected at any age, really. Yeah. So it's, it's really nice to see more, more choices. That's, that's cool that you have that with your daughter. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I, I, I'm really happy that my daughters don't seem to like alcohol. So, um, and uh, look, never say never. They, I know, right. But I think younger people are aware of different choices too. So, that's really cool because we did not have those. 
choices. I, yeah, completely agree. They, they they have different challenges, but it does seem yeah. like it's more acceptable mm-hmm. um, not to choose to drink. Yeah. So, and hopefully that's that seems to be true. I wanted to ask you about because you mentioned your great girlfriends and that has socializing changed? Did you lose friends because you stopped drinking? Did you make new friends or did you keep the same friends? How's it been for you? Well, the short answer is um, I kept my friends. Um, my closest, some of my closest friends are my high school friends. Um, and, and then other friends I have met um, mostly from um, raising our kids in the same um, uh, town. And I would say what changed is anytime I would go out, it was more like towards the end of the night that I was like, okay, like everybody's, you know, kind of heading down a path that I'm not heading down. And so there was less connection and that kind of thing. So I'd find myself sometimes ducking out of um, situations earlier, or um, I would offer to be designated driver, that kind of thing. Um, But mostly overall, um, I got overwhelming support. And I, I mean, the number of my friends who have told me how proud they are of me, especially going through what I've gone through in the past um, several years. Um, They said, I just, I'm not even sure how you did that alcohol free. So really in the last three, so I've been alcohol free for three, a little over three years. And in that time, um, my marriage was falling apart. Um, My middle daughter, was, um, she had battled an eating disorder and then she, um, was dating and is dating a guy who is, um, they're just not healthy for each other. Um, she moved out of my house after my husband, when we separated. And, um, so she basically didn't like any of the rules that I had set up for her, any boundaries and structure. And she, we got in a fight and, um, because of something she did and she left. And so last August was the last time she really, um, spoke with me and that was, it ended in a fight. Um, and that almost, I I can't imagine how I would have survived that well drinking. Um, so, and in the same year I had, I had ruptured my neck, my disc again. Um, I found out that, um, my husband had been unfaithful. Uh, I filed for divorce. Um, it took us 15 months and I, I mean, we literally finalized, um, what was that four days ago and I haven't had a single drink and my other two girls are very proud of me and, um, and are very supportive. Um, and so you, we can do this and, and not only can we do it, we can do it in a way that we end up thriving and it feels really empowering and to kind of 
untangle myself from my marriage, untangle myself from alcohol really has given me the sense of freedom that and power that I have not had before in my whole life. Um, and it feels really good to step into this new chapter of my life, free of the things that were um, destructive, really. Um, my husband chose not to to come along with me on this journey. Um, and um, that was unfortunate, but I knew I couldn't go down with him. Um, I felt like I was going to go down with the ship if I stayed married to him. And then, you know, at the very end, once I learned that information, um, I was definitely done. Um, so um, I'm looking forward to seeing how this journey, I mean, like Megan, we would have never met. I mean, oh, here, I I'm like, I've got a friend in Australia. How flipping cool is that? Like, it's so, it's cool. so cool. So cool. It It absolutely is. And I'm so grateful for that. You have been through so much and you are a strong, inspiring woman to many people, your friends, obviously, and so many others. And I think you hit the nail on the head when you said you don't know how you would have done this drinking. And so people can, and they say it to me too, I don't know how you've done this not drinking. But the reality is we would have, I don't know where I'd be if I'd kept drinking because I too have been through the breakup and some uh, issues with my kids and um you know, we all have things that that I've had people say, I can't believe you've stopped drinking through that. But like you, it, I, I hate to think, I hate to think where I'd be if I had been drinking. And it's given us the power, like you said, to take back, you know, it's it hurts. I think I'm, I'm very sad to hear about your daughter and I wish for you that she will come back uh, yeah. in her, in the right time and in her time. But, you know, it's, it's hurts. And we are dealing with those emotions. And if that's the worst thing about or the hardest thing about giving up alcohol, then bring it on because we have to deal with our emotions. And we've hidden them for so long and they've sat in there. So yeah, yeah it's it's a it's hard. But I mean, feelings don't kill us and they actually free us. And you know, you're in a a really clear headspace as hard as things have been. Look at you. Congratulations, divorced. Um, and you, you know, I've known you for this year and a half. I'm so thankful for it. And I've seen you go through that. And it is so inspiring. And it makes me so happy to see how well you're doing. And mm. it's it's your authentic selves coming out. You know, yeah. that's what I see. I love that you said, like, our feelings don't last forever. And that was one of the great learnings that we we got to understand more about was like those intense feelings they're not they don't sustain themselves 24 hours a day 7 days a week they come and if we're if we just allow them to be there we recognize them we're not trying to push them away we're not trying to also attach to them forever mm-hmm. but we can acknowledge them and say, yeah, this is painful. It's really painful. I'm angry or, you know, all of that. And then it dissipates. And, and that again, just kind of continues to give us freedom and power to know, yeah, I'm experiencing this, but it's not going to have a hold on me forever. Yes. And you and I have both had 
um, been lucky enough to work with each other in our group to work through our feelings with coaching and tools and tactics that we can now offer to our clients. Mm. Um, so we know we know it works. We're telling you, you know, it's um, it's got us to where we are, and we're here to help other people who who might think it's not possible. We just want to say it is. It's very possible, but. Um, it's so lovely to talk to you. Can you please tell us what you're doing now and where we can find you? Yeah. So um, I'm just uh, at the beginning stages of launching my business. It's called um, The Inside Out Freedom. So mm-hmm. it's um, just those words, the insideoutfreedom.com. Um, I am going back to my maiden name. So right now it's Allison Schwent. Um, so it, it'll either be Allison Schwent or um, you'll find me at Allison Barber and I might put them both in there for a time. But essentially, um, I have been working with a um, a client now. Uh, we've met five times and um, he's he's really... Um, discovering a lot about what role alcohol is playing in his life. And we're just kind of talking through that. Um, I also started a free um, Zoom, weekly Zoom meeting that's called um, Community Connection Call. And that is just for anybody that I had um, that had kind of reached out to me in any capacity about um, drinking. And so I've done two of those. Um, and so we'll just, we'll see where it goes. I've hosted a couple dinners with people locally, um, a few women. And so I'm just kind of getting my feet wet and seeing kind of, I mean, to me, my faith is huge. So I, I, I really want to just see where God is going to take me. And it's just, it's really kind of cool. It's very cool. So just for people listening, whereabouts are you based? Just in case there are people that, um, are in your community. Yeah, I am in St. Louis, Missouri, so middle of America, and um, yeah, but now that we live in the 21st century and we have all this technology, we can go anywhere around the world, so it's really, it's really cool. It's so cool. So there's no limit to where you're from, but if you, you know, wanted to go to a dinner with Allison and you live locally, that's that's amazing. Uh, I will put all the details in the show notes. So people will be able to find you. Alison, it has been so good to talk to you today. Uh, thank you so much for coming on She's Sober Sydney. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. If you don't already know, in addition to our podcasting work, we are each sobriety coaches with our own separate businesses, helping people to drink less. If you are a loved one, want to take a break from alcohol, we invite you to have a look at our individual websites. Meg's is glassfulfilled.com.au and Bella's is isabellaferguson.com.au so take the next step that feels right for you don't already know in addition to our podcasting work we are each sobriety coaches with our own separate businesses helping people to drink less if you are a loved one want to take a break from alcohol we invite you to have a look at our individual websites 
Meg's is glassfulfilled.com.au. And Bella's is isabellaferguson.com.au. So take the next step that feels right for you.